0: Welcome back to the Soccer Brothers Podcast. This is episode number 54. I'm your host, Salvatore, and as always, I'm joined by my brother, Nihal. How you doing, Nihal?
1: I'm doing really well, man. My second favorite national team, the French national team, is in the European Championship final. Why is that, am excited. You know, when I was little, I took French, and I think it was, yeah, in 2006, in sixth grade, or, well, in fifth grade, before sixth grade, that summer, that's when I sort of started watching soccer a little bit. During the 2006 World Cup. And uh, I was rooting for the French team. And I remember the final really well against Italy. 10 years ago today, Zidane headbutted the Italian player. And, um, you know, I rooted for them. Uh, Zinedine Zidane is one of my favorite players. I love Thierry Henry. Uh, And yeah, it's just a team that I grew up liking a lot. So I'm excited.
0: I guess I just love the U.S. men's national team too much to have like a second favorite like that. I,
1: that that's I, just not true. You're, <laughs> you're very much invested in Portugal. No, I'm not. <laughs>
0: I wasn't. Get, no, I, I was just. You know, I'm just a tactician of sorts, yeah, so okay. I get frustrated okay. when teams can't properly execute what they're plan.
1: What, what, what does it have to do with your support of Portugal?
0: No, I was. No, that's why I was getting mad. I just couldn't stand to see any team play no, football. You were like that. cheering but, for
1: Portugal. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> before we talk about...
1: Yeah, let it be known that Sahil is a Portugal fan, I'm a very big Ronaldo fan too, so... No, uh,
0: I've <laughs> talked so much about Messi on this podcast, you know how much I respect the guy. No, I am Except not... evading taxes.
1: <laughs> Liking Ronaldo and Messi aren't mutually exclusive, you can like both. I know, So
0: exactly, that's what I'm saying. Yeah,
1: I know, I'm not saying... Just because I said you like Ronaldo doesn't mean you don't like Messi.
0: Well, you said I'm a Ronaldo fan.
1: Yeah, I... It- I didn't say you were a Ronaldo fanboy. I okay. said you a Ronaldo fan. Fine, fair enough.
0: Before we talk about the Euro semifinal, let's talk about the soccer-themed clothing brand named Ambitious Strike. You can check out their merchandise at ambitiousstrike.com. If you want to get a 15% off discount on your entire purchase, enter the code BROTHERS at checkout.
1: Yep, go check out the website. As always, a link to it will be in the description.
0: France took on Germany in the Euro semifinal on Thursday and came out victorious 2-0. An interesting approach from France in this game is that they came out in a 4-2-3-1 with basically only two holding midfielders in Pogba and Matuidi. Um, Deschamps had the opportunity to play Conte, who was actually available for this game. Uh, he went with the same 4-2-3-1 approach in the quarterfinals because, mainly because he did not have Conte at his disposal due to suspension. Um, do you think he made the right decision You know, sticking with this formation?
1: I mean, obviously, they won 2-0. Um, this formation allows Antoine Griezmann to play as a second striker and to play uh, underneath Giroud. And I think that's his best position. I think that's clear. He was clearly the best player on the pitch in this match, in my opinion. He was not only able to attack uh, effectively, he was very good on the counterattack. He was good running the channels. He was good at distributing the ball. Uh, and really, he was able to control the match from the center of the pitch. In the first 10 minutes... We saw him get a very good chance, and we saw him take the the match by the reins and really do a great job from that position. And I think deploying him out wide, which is something you know they might do against Portugal, deploying him out wide uh, just doesn't suit him very as as well as playing underneath uh, the striker does. That being said, Conte is a great player and a good player to have in there defensively. Like I said, I think you know we'll, we'll talk about the, the final later in the podcast, but I think that's something they might switch back to for the final.
0: And the German side lined up in a 4-1-4-1 4-1, or a 4-3-3, however you want to look at it. Um, do you think that that was the right choice in retrospect?
1: Yeah, I think it was. I don't I think well, first of all, Mario Gomez was injured, so he wasn't he wasn't at full fitness, so he wasn't able to start this match. Uh and Kadira Sammy Kadira is also injured. So Schweinsteiger was playing in that deeper role as a holding midfield. And right away you saw him sort of come in between the two center backs, Emre Chan and Tony Cruz um were really were, were playing in front of Schweinsteiger, Chan being more of that box to box guy. Um it, Chan was an interesting choice for me, um because this was his first match in the tournament. I mean, he didn't really play he didn't play at all before this before this match. Um but I think I think uh Yogi Lo did the best thing the put out the best lineup he could have with, with the players he had at his disposal. Um you know, we saw them we saw them control the match for most of it with this with this lineup. We saw Schweinsteiger um dropping deeper, which allowed Boateng to go forward a little bit and hit those beautiful cross field balls to Hector um which the left back, which opened up uh, some of the attacking opportunities for Germany. Um and really the team played a lot of their game in France's half. And I think, yeah, I mean, to answer your question, I know I sort of went on a little bit of a tangent there, but to answer your question, I think it was the right choice. I don't know what else he could have done to have made this uh, lineup better.
0: Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Schweinsteiger playing in that defensive midfield role, really allowing the fullbacks to get upfield, but he was the man who really made one of the most important mistakes of this match. In the 46th minute, he committed a handball, uh, what were your thoughts on this that led to a penalty for France?
1: Well, it's a it's a clear handball. Uh, it, it, I don't know what he was thinking. I don't know why his hand was in that position. Uh, you know, you, you expect an experienced player, probably the most experienced player on the pitch, Bastian Feinsteiger, to do better there. Um, he just has the hand in the air. The, the corner hits him. It's a clear penalty. And France scores a goal against the run of play. And... From then on, France was able to continue to defend and play on the counterattack. And although Germany looked dangerous in the second half, obviously they weren't able to score. And that, that goal, that penalty, completely changed the match. It, it allowed for France to sit back comfortably and not need to attack like maybe they should have in the first half.
0: Yeah, and uh, in the second half, uh, around the 73rd minute, uh, France saw their second goal as Pogba, just with some very nice individual work, taking it away from Kimmich and just absolutely embarrassing Mustafi on the defensive end and crossing it in. Uh, Neuer gets a hand to it, bumps it out, but Griezmann puts it back in.
1: Yep, Griezmann in the right place at the right time. His attacking positioning is fantastic. He's able to finish it, put it through Neuer's legs, and you know from there on, France, it was smooth sailing for them. Although Germany did look like they could have scored a couple of times after that. Uh, Hugo Lloris came up huge in this match. Uh, you know, he 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 made some fantastic saves, including a header by uh, Mario Gotze at the end of the at the end of the match. Um, or sorry, a header from Joshua Kimmich at the end of the match. Um, you know, Kimmich almost almost scored again earlier on, right after the second goal, where he hit the post with a nice curling left footed shot. Um, so you know, Germany had their chances. It just wasn't their night. It, none of the balls, none of the, none of their shots were going in. Uh, and sometimes you have nights like that. And credit to France, I think they, I think they did what they had to do, and they deserved to win. Really.
0: Do you think Mario Goza should have come on earlier? He came on in the seventy in the sixty seventh minute for Emre Can. Uh, do you think he could have brought them a more attacking presence that they needed?
1: I, I think it's possible, but Emre Chan I thought was doing a decent job being that box to box midfielder. Yeah. Um, I really think they missed Mario Gomez in this in this match. I think they needed a true striker, Thomas Müller is not a hold-up striker. You know, he does a great job of running the channels and being in positions to score, um, but he hasn't been scoring lately for Germany. Uh, He only scored two goals in the last nine games for Bayern Munich. He's never scored in the European Championships, and I think they were just missing a striker like Mario Gomez that that the rest of the team could play off of, that could hold up the ball, that could maybe hold it up and distribute to Draxler or Ozil. Um, And I, I think that was a huge loss for them.
0: And do you think it was just a matter of the way that Mueller was placed on this team, or do you think that it just he could have played better and he could have converted a couple of chances that he had?
1: I think it's a little bit of both. I think throughout the tournament he definitely could have played better. Uh, he was deployed out wide a couple of times, but I, I I don't you know in this match I think France just did what they needed to do well, and Germany were just unable to score. He, like I said, Hugo Lloris had a great match. Um, and Germany were just unlucky to score. Thomas Mueller I thought, did a fine job in in, in the game, to be honest. Yeah. Uh,
0: in the past two games, we've seen just costly handballs from Germany. One with Jerome Boateng, uh, one with Bosnian Schweinsteiger. Do you think this is a coaching thing? I mean, because that's...
1: No, no. I mean, they both have their hands up, but this is not a coaching thing. This is, this is a coach who has made now three European semifinals, um, a World Cup semifinal. No, no, yeah. I uh, won I'm a World not, I'm Cup. I'm not saying that, I mean,
0: that Joachim is not a good you know, tactician or anything, but do you think that's... No,
1: I don't. I mean, you're, if you're Sebastian Schweinsteiger and you're that experienced of a player, nothing. what, what coaching is going to make you do that? That's just an individual mistake. You know, I, 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 don't, I don't think so at all. What did you think about the uh,
0: the really the role that Griezmann and Giroud played off each other? Because we saw Griezmann, as you said, sitting deeper in this game than he did in some of the other games for France throughout this tournament. Um, he he was really just incredible, right on the counterattack?
1: I mean, even in possession, he was great. I, I think. Well, I think this is what they have to do to um, to play well. Um, Griezmann. He just controlled the match for France. He was obviously the most dangerous player, and he does play well. Giroud plays better when he has someone to play that some, when he has someone that can play off of him, where he can hold up the ball and sort of uh, drop it off to a, a player like Griezmann. Um, to be honest, though, Giroud uh, he didn't do too much. He obviously had that one great opportunity where he stole the ball in the first half, and uh, Benedict Havidis made a great run because Giroud is just really slow. Um, made, Benedict this made a great run back and, and prevented Giroud from scoring. But I, I, Giroud was pretty anonymous in this match in my, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. All right. Yeah. Do, do you have anything else to say on the game? This um,
1: game. It was just, uh, I think, well, I think one of the main things that surprised me about this match was Musa Sissoko starting again. Um, I think a lot of people might have wanted to see Anthony Martial or, uh, Kingsley Coman, um, but, you know, at first I was questioning it, but it made sense. Musa Sissoko's work rate is fantastic. Uh, he was always there to help Bakri Sanya out, especially in the second half. He was sitting right in front of Bakri Sanya. I don't know if you get that same type of work rate with Martial, who's really a striker, or Kingsley Coman, who's an attacking winger. And Sissoko also very good on the counterattack. I want to talk a little bit about Joshua Kimmich, probably one of the stars of the tournament, for one of the rising stars for Germany, and a very, had a very good tournament. He is the next Philip Wam can play center back can play uh, full back can play uh, we've seen him play outside midfield, central midfield um, I mean he's just been fantastic and I thought he was I thought he was the best player on the pitch for Germany in this match.
0: yeah he was he definitely had a pres- presence on the offensive side and the defensive side um, showed good crossing ability and stopped some France counterattacks I thought He's a player to watch out for in the future. All right so France is playing Portugal in the final of the European Championships on Sunday. Uh, How do you expect Portugal to line up in this game?
1: Uh, I think they're going to do pretty much the same thing they did last time with the 4-1-3-2. They'll have that defensive mid right in front of the back line. Uh, Whether it be William Carvalho or Danilo, I think it's going to be William Carvalho. Uh, They'll be able to patrol the pitch. Then in front of Carvalho, I think it'll be the same Adrian Silva, Renato Sanchez, and Joel Mario all sort of interchanging their position up top. The two strikers, Nani and Ronaldo, will be playing there. The back line—it's interesting. It, it really depends on whether Pepe is healthy. If he's healthy, he'll play. If not, Bruno Alves uh, will play next to uh, Jose Font, and then Rafael, the left back, and Cedric, the right back, will play. I think it's going to be—I think it's going to be the same lineup um, as the semifinal, except maybe Pepe if he's healthy, and probably William Carvalho instead of Danilo at center defensive mid.
0: Do, do you think that's the, the right midfield to go for, or do you think that's just what's going to happen?
1: I think it is the right midfield to go for. I, I would, especially at this point, I think I would like to see Ronaldo play out wide. I don't think it's going to happen. Ronaldo has so, sort of started to play better at striker. I think the one flaw in this formation is that three, the three-man three attacking midfield of Renato Sanchez, um, Adrian Silva, and John Mario, while they do do a great job of being fluid in terms of their positioning, they don't really play that well together. We don't see them combining. Uh, we see them sort of individually getting out wide and maybe putting a cross in. Uh, but there's not much interplay. And I think that's why Portugal, you know, although they're in the final, they haven't looked that fantastic in this in this tournament. And I think they need to really get that together. And if it, it's going to be hard to unlock France's defense if they don't. If they don't start to play more as a unit. Um, I think... That one, that one midfield, one defensive midfielder, William Carvalho could have a lot of trouble with Griezmann, Giroud, Payet uh, cutting inside. Um, I, I think they could have a real problem there, and I think France can can exploit that and overload uh, the midfield. Um, but I think you know, I think, I think it is the right way to line up for Portugal if, if they want to win this match.
0: So, so, do you think the majority of this game is going to be played in Portugal's half?
1: Um, yeah, I think so. I think France are the better team. I think they're a better team in possession. um, And and they're a team that does really, really well in possession. Uh, We saw in the last match, Portugal, you know, sometimes they got it out wide, but they were playing a lot of wrong, excuse me, a lot of long balls for Ronaldo to run up on. And I think that's basically what we're going to see again. France in Portugal's half. Maybe Portugal gets the ball back um, and starts to counter-attack account through a long ball, or they look for Joao Mario going forward. Um, I, I think, yeah, I think, I think France is going to dominate this match in terms of possession. Do,
0: then do you think that Giroud is going to have to be more present because they, they maybe will try to cross it if Portugal's on their heels that much?
1: I think Giroud has to be more present no matter what. Um, Especially, especially if, if France does switch that four three three, I can see them doing switching to a four three three. You know, I said um, Portugal might be overloaded in the midfield. I think the same thing could be true on the flip side. You have Nani and Ronaldo up there, and then you have Silva, Renato Sanchez, and João Morario coming at just Pogba and Matuidi if they if they use this four two three one. If they switch to the four three three, they can have Conte in there. It allows. Pogba to become more part of the attack. Griezmann can cut in onto his left, which he's good at. I still think his best position is second striker. Um, And I think that's something that France, Didier Deschamps might do in order to mitigate Portugal's attack. Um, I don't know if that's best for them, but I think it's definitely definitely a possibility. Either way, Giroud has to show up. He has to uh, be in those attacking positions. Excuse me, those attacking positions. And sort of open up space for Griezmann and whoever else is in the in the attacking third.
0: Yeah, I think this this uh, four two three one uh, that France has been pl- that France played in this semifinal match kind of recreates the role that Griezmann plays for Atletico Madrid more because Fernando Torres is kind of like the equivalent to Olivier Giroud in terms of you know uh, Griezmann plays off right. that more hold up striker. So it's I think it's something he's more comfortable in.
1: Yeah, definitely, I I, I agree with that.
0: Um, do you think that Portugal's back line has to play particularly well to stop th- this front line of France? Uh,
1: absolutely. Uh, although Gareth Bale is a great player and Robson Canu had a good tournament, um, France has that and then some. They have Dimitri Payet. They have Pogba from midfield. They have, of course, Griezmann, uh, whether it be Sissoko or Coman or whoever. Deschamps got to go in, in, in Giroud. It's a lot of attacking threats. Um, and I think the back line has to be at the top of their, at the top of the game, but you know Portugal the, Portugal is really really good at defending. this is something they 're absolutely good at uh, under Fernando Santos, their coach Portugal hasn 't lost a match um, they 're unbeaten in thirteen matches, and eight of their nine wins have been by one goal, so they know how to defend that, their one win was two nothing against Wales. Um, they know how to defend and I think I think they'll have no problem being up to it. Pepe will help them a lot, though, if he's in that match. Um, and, you know, like I said, they know how to defend. Portugal has only conceded one goal in their last five knockout matches in major tournaments. So they, well, they're they very good at that.
0: I think going forward for Portugal that we still haven't really seen Cristiano Ronaldo. I mean, even though his stats are pretty good, I don't think we've seen him at his best. I mean, even in, 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 in that game, I think there's a couple chances he could have finished right. that he did not... So, uh, you think he has to play a little bit better than he's playing throughout this tournament, right?
1: I think so. I think he needs to be more of an impact player, but I think also his lack of, I I don't I, I, I think he's just much more suited to play out on the wing. The problem is Portugal doesn't have a center forward. They don't have a true striker. So he's sort of, you know, been stuck in there, um, and I, I just, like I said, he's starting to play better, but I think he really needs to have a good match from strike. I think, I think he needs to go to the ball. He needs to get the ball in his feet and orchestrate the Portuguese attack instead of, instead of waiting for crosses. Which is, you know, to be fair, he's very good in the air. But I think, you know, that's something that you were frustrated with, him not coming back to the ball. I think that's something he needs to do.
0: So you think if Portugal's going to score tomorrow, it's going to be through Nani? Probably.
1: No, I, I mean Nani has three goals. He's played well, but uh, I think I think he's gonna. Sc- I, I think I, I don't know. I, I think anyone can score. I think Ronaldo can score just as much as Nani can.
0: Even if he's orchestrating play.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, he can. You know, he can come back to the ball, start the attack, and get back into the box. Yeah. He can also have moments of individual brilliance. Uh, so I think. Yeah, I, I don't think it's Nani. I if if they're going to win, it would be ideally Nani and. and Ronaldo both are in scoring positions and convert.
0: Who's your X factor barring, I guess, barring Ronaldo for Portugal?
1: I think whoever's playing that defensive mid role, whether it be William Carvalho or Danilo, they really need to do a good job of stopping the France counterattack, of stopping the France attack, and not only stopping the attack, but getting the ball forward immediately when they get the ball back. That's going to be Carvalho's, presumably, that's going to be his job, get winning the ball back, getting it out wide to Sanchez or to Mario, and then getting the ball forward if quickly. That's what they need to do.
0: Do you think that uh, Portugal can be as liberal as they were against Wales with uh, Cedric and Rafael on the outside? Yeah,
1: absolutely not. Absolutely. Yeah, I would agree, yeah. yeah. I, I think that's pretty self-explanatory. France's talent is way better than Portugal's.
0: Which only makes you know, that 6 is role more important. Right. Uh, like we saw with Schweinsteiger today. Right. Uh, all right. What what is your prediction for this game and the score?
1: Well, it's interesting. Portugal has never won a major tournament, which is crazy. Uh, so th- they're definitely definitely looking for this one. Five semifinals, right? In the last sixteen years, that they've they've made five major tournament semifinals. Uh, they of course made the two thousand four final on home soil, lost to Greece. But I don't think they're going to win this. I think France is going to win their second European ch- Championship at home, three to one. Griezmann with another brace, which takes him to eight goals, and then Giroud with a cleanup goal, and then I think Ronaldo gets a goal at some point in this match.
0: Yeah, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say three to one as well. I'm gonna say that um, three to one to France. Three to one to France. Oh, yeah. you're
1: going against your boys. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, you know, there's there's the there's the Portugal style, and there's the you know the tactical and the analyst style. Okay, and. Um, as I'm as, a podcast, I'm going to say that it's going to be a France win. I think that France is going to um, score one in the first half, and then when Portugal's really looking for the goal in the second half, that's where France are going to really uh, score, uh, punish them on the counterattack. And then and then Ronaldo will score one at the very end okay. and try to pull it back. He'll grab the ball, take it back to midfield. And he's, not,
1: he's not going to take his shirt off? No.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that will definitely be a good sign for Portugal if Ronaldo's shirt comes off. <laughs> yeah, <game>.
1: that's true. <laughs>
0: All right, uh, why don't we talk about Ambitious Strike?
1: All right, guys, go check out AmbitiousStrike.com. Ambitious Strike has some great clothing. If you want a 15% discount on your entire purchase, use the code BROTHERS at checkout. The link to their website, as always, is in the description.
0: Yeah, we have an email for this podcast. It's soccerbrotherspodcast at gmail.com. We also have a Twitter and Instagram. Those are both under the handles at Soccer Bros Pod. Check us out on Facebook as well. Um, you know, check us out on SoundCloud, Insta- or, sorry, SoundCloud, iTunes, anywhere we can get podcasts and review and rate us there. We appreciate the feedback. And uh, thanks.
1: Yeah, thanks, for guys, for listening. Allez les bleus. Let's go, France.